My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800-993-1358. That's 800-993-1358. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of Radio Law Talk. It is January 8, 2022. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks, Todd Cunin, and our producer, Cal Hunter. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We like to thank and appreciate uh, WMAY 92.7 FM, Springfield, Illinois. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. Welcome, welcome. We also appreciate... um, we have got uh, WKUL in Coleman, Alabama. Thank you uh, for joining us. I appreciate uh, you being part of the, the Radio Law Talk family. We're just a family here. Denise Dirks is a family law attorney. I'm a personal injury lawyer. And Todd is a former prosecutor of the DA's office in Tennessee and in California and now does uh, uh, represents uh, people who uh, – who have allegedly uh, committed uh, a crime. Allegedly. 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 Innocent till proven guilty. That's exactly right. And we do (laughs) truly believe that. We push that here. We are a neutral. Radio Law Talk is neutral. Um, We like to be politically neutral. Uh, In fact, the back of our T-shirt says, when you're tired of politics radio, tune in to Radio Law Talk. But you're going to hear both sides here. If you want to call us, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234. Um, look, well, this is an exciting, probably by far the most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative show on earth. But remember this. If general topics of law we're talking about, we're not giving legal advice. Seek local counsel. Don't be saying, look, you know, I heard on Radio Law Talk, with the exception, we always say it's probably okay around the dinner table, especially when the in-laws are over. And they always try to knock you down, and, and they use the they say argument. Well, you know they say. You're going to say, well, I don't know who Mr. They is, but in Radio Law Talk, they say as follows, right? And then just throw out Radio Law Talk, uh, you know, say, hey, they're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, and RadioLawTalk.com. That's the thing. That's what you can do. But today we're going to talk about hour two. We, we had a great hour one. By the way, you can go to RadioLawTalk.com. And you can go and listen to our podcasts of the former shows. And we talked about the Elizabeth Holmes Theramos uh, trial uh, that just occurred in the Bay Area. Now we're going to be talking this hour about Maxwell's trial and why we believe why there may be some serious issues here on appeal, which means 
probably a new trial, which doesn't not does not mean she's not going to go to jail. It just means there's going to be another trial, probably, um, and we'll discuss that. Uh, we're also going to get a Nirvana wins a lawsuit. We're going to talk about um, a jackass lawsuit, believe it or not. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's what it's called, and that's the name of the show. We're going to talk about a gun law, California gun law that is being proposed. We're going to talk about the laws and how that might apply. But we've got some interesting things uh, to discuss. But before we do any of that stuff, you're here for one thing, and that's Case or No Case that Cal Hunter loves to roll. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Speaking of California and guns, now to Hollister, California, an exclusive gated neighborhood where a woman came home from shopping and wrangling the kids one afternoon and found a strange man in her closet with a knife and a machete. This concerned her. So she was able to grab her firearm, and the man is alleged to have rushed upon her. She fired once, hitting him in the leg. Then she led the police, the district attorney, and all of them to him. They came to talk to her and say, what were you thinking? She said, I was trying to save my life and that of my two children. He was in my house. The DA asked the Hollister police to arrest the woman and take her down to headquarters because it's not proper to shoot someone attacking you in your own home unless it can be established (laughs) that your life is in danger. Oh, Cal's, you can tell Cal's getting on a roll on this one. I'm just reading it here. The machete was dull. The knife was a butter knife. So there wasn't really in danger, they said. She called her family attorney who came to bail her out. She said, I don't know what the DA's thinking. Do they have a case or no case? And, Denise, I think it's your turn to lead off on this one. Case or no case? What say you? Oh, boy. Um, These things aren't easy, are they? No, this one's hard. This one's hard because you what you do so well, Cal, is you like to invoke the emotions of all of us, and you you know how to play us. Thank you. And you know that I'm going to be one that's going to be like, oh, she had a right to use deadly force or not. That's really the question, right? I think it is. And um, he had a dull knife, a butter knife, and he had a dull machete. Well, come on. A machete is enough to do damage. So I don't think she used unreasonable force. But there's something here, and I don't know, don't know what it is. I do think it's a case for some reason, because you were so excited about it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, but I'm easily excited. Yeah, and but there's also facts that don't lean out. <laughs> there are facts that don't hold out, and that is, why would the DA, why would all of that go to her house? Why would she go show him where the man was? Because... Well, that doesn't make sense. I know this, having been on many a crime scene, and you probably have too. It is not unusual for the DA, especially in a smaller community, to go and to look himself. If he can't get rid of investigators there, he goes and looks himself. And that is what happened in Hollister. So that's why. So she was arrested. Yep. You know what? I don't think she was ever prosecuted. I'm going to say it's a true Sidera, but not a case. Fair enough. Fred Penny, what do you say about this? I think it's a case. I think it's an actual case uh, and one that Cal's upset about because uh, it makes him so mad that she wasn't able to protect herself. I I think if you look at the facts, I bet it was like a a family member or a friend that was there and probably intoxicated and had a, you know, butter knife and they got in an argument and and he and she shot him. But because that just sounds too crazy to prosecute a woman 
for defending her kids and herself from a guy with a knife in her home. I want you to remember the state where this occurred. I know. It's California. It's California, which California tries to argue that you have to first try to flee before you, uh, you know, try to get out of the situation before you shoot someone that's attacking you in your house, which is stupid. Silly. Uh, but anyway, I'm not, and again, we're new, politically neutral here. Um, but still, uh, I think it's a case, and there's something weird about it, and this is true. Everything about it is true. So w- what happens in the case? What's the result? Uh, they drop the case. She's not process- – I mean, she's they, – they don't – they end up dropping the case against her. Okay. Mr. Kuhn, what do you she think? She wins then. Yeah, yeah she wins. Well, I, I, need, I need to clarify a couple of things. Sure. Uh-oh, okay. here we go. Now so, I'm on the cross-examination. So, um, <laughs> Cal Hunter, if that is your real name. <laughs> um, Pablo. <laughs> yes. So let me ask you this first. Sure. Um, where was the suspect when, he sh- when she shot him? He was coming out of the closet toward her with a, with a machete and a butter knife. Okay, so he was in her house. Yes. Inside her home, okay. in the closet. She opened the door to put her clothing away. There's a man in there. She grabs her gun. He comes out. Boom, boom. There you go. Okay. And you also said that the DA, how did the DA show up? The guy took off and... No, it was, she got him in the leg, wounded him pretty seriously, burst an artery and stuff. The DA was t- told there was a shooting and he was called. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And and then the last question is, if she was arrested but no charges were filed, that would still be a no case, correct? I would think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going with no case. I don't necessarily think she was necessarily arrested, and I think you could be making this up, and I understand that DAs can make it out. Usually DAs only go out on homicide cases because they have to look not an active investigation like this. Um, I am going no case. Also because you were lobbying too hard to make people think it was a case when they were raising the same concerns. (laughs) I am going no case on this one. So you're following me. I am. But I'm doing it it lovingly, unlike you when you follow me. I hate Todd. Can't believe I got to do that. I know. That's what she said last hour. (laughs) That was a despicable. I didn't say hate. I said dislike. (laughs) All right, children. We'll be back after this. We'll find out case or no case. Who's correct? I think I might be right. I think it's a case. The answer's coming. Don't go away. More Radio Law Talk, including the answer to case or no case, is right straight ahead. Radio Law Talk can be heard on RadioLawTalk.com from 9 to noon Pacific Time every Saturday. That's RadioLawTalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Cut Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick 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 Quack car, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the quick quack confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch these cutters shine. Get the quick quack habit. Take your car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like quick quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, quick quack car. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drop that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick quack car. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. Worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376 That's 800-918-1376 You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. favorite radio station so we're in hollister california and apparently a lady's uh, in her house and uh, out out from the closet comes a man with a machete and a butter knife and she shoots him in the leg and supposedly according to this scenario they prosecute her or at least arrest her for uh, unwanted use of a firearm uh, due to the fact that she uh, didn't need to because he only had a butter knife so cal i said this is a case and uh, they 
She gets acquitted or they don't prosecute her, and Denise and Todd say it is not a case, it's a scenario. So I think you're both saying the same thing, and the answer to this is yes, this woman was, in fact, arrested by the district attorney in Hollister, I California. Win. Yes. But after pressure from the community and further review and the facts of the case, no charges were ever. See, I so, was right, though. So you lose. You no, lose. no, I said it was a case because they arrested it, it, her. No, it was no, not. And, they, no. and then she, they dropped it. It's not and a case. It's not a, but it's they not didn't a, drop it because they didn't bring the case. It's not a case till the DA uh, files charges. T- hey, you're, that, the, you're the judge over there, Mr. That is why I specifically asked that question. Well, I think you did it well. I think you all three said the same thing, honestly. And so therefore, well, except for he said there was a case and we said it wasn't. But it's the same thing. I said that I, I think it was a case. They arrested her. They're no, not, arrest it, is not a case. Yeah. It, you have to bring charges. Cal's the ultimate uh, judge. As Cal? I said, you all said the same thing. You all get the same number of points. Next yes, hour. Sir. Next hour. All right. we're I'm going to wobble next appeal, time. Appeal. Appeal. Next hour, we're going to Cape <laughs> Girardeau, Missouri. Where a man and woman decide to buy a house together, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. That's next hour on Case or No Case. Now back to Radio Law Talk. Cal, I'll get your $20 bill a little bit later, (laughs) okay? Yeah, Yeah, that's what it feels like. I'm telling you. No, 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 no. Take that butter knife and stick it in my back. (laughs) It it was dull. (laughs) Can you tell that the lawyers, Cal, are very competitive? Not a competitive bone in their bodies. Denise is not competitive at all. I I would love to see her lose at cards. She just went out and left me out on one of my tires. (laughs) I don't lose. (laughs) Oh, too much laughing. Hey, we appreciate that, Cal. Good job. Uh, next hour, uh, Cal's going to get us, try to stump us again. Look, let's talk about this Maxwell trial. So, look, does anybody, who wants to give an overview? Because given an overview of this, I think everybody knows is Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he, he, he was arrested for supposedly, you know, uh, having sex trafficking and, and doing things with minors. And, and he dies in jail. Interestingly, supposedly kills himself. We don't know there, and but his quote madam or his first assistant is now uh, in jail. But they're prosecuting her and did prosecute her for basically being the madam or being in charge of uh, doing all these things for him. Procurement, sex, show yeah, procurement. sex trafficking right. is what it is, and she's found guilty of sex trafficking. Right, that is correct. And so. Um, what we're going to discuss here is a little bit about the trial and then what happens afterwards. Tell us generally, both of you, what entails in picking a jury and what the process is and what they have to go through. Okay, swing left. <laughs> swing left. Uh, the process of picking a jury, first you have a jury pool, and they have a questionnaire. And the questionnaire, they have to answer certain questions, those potential jurors do. And usually the questions are geared toward trying to find out if people have certain biases um, you know, or experiences that may cause bias. And um, then the judge and or the attorneys get to ask questions of those jurors based on the questionnaires. That is correct. <laughs> Look, the whole idea is can you find a fair and impartial jury? And everybody right. who comes to the jury, everybody reports for jury duty. Some people absolutely can be fair and impartial, but there are some people that report for jury duty that because of certain things that might have happened in their past, maybe it would be difficult for them to sit as a jury. In my experience in the jury trials I've done, I've done those that have that in their past are usually the first ones to put their hand up and say, you know what, judge, I think that I, I might have trouble being fair and impartial. 
impartial. And when it comes to cases dealing with um, the subject matter of sexual assault, often folks who are proposed jurors who have some sort of sexual assault or something where they were a victim of something in the past happened to them are usually the first to say, because of my experience, personal experiences with these things that have happened to me, probably not the best person to sit as the juror. And, and the questionnaires and the questions from the attorneys, in addition to other things, are designed to um, identify those individuals. Now, they don't make them talk about it in public most of the time in a case like that. And the ones that I have done as a, as a prosecutor, if somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I have this thing in my past, I don't want to talk about it, They'll clear the courtroom so it's only the judge, the attorneys, and the court reporter, and then the person can talk privately about what happened. They make a determination as whether or not that person should stay as a juror. In the Maxwell case, cutting to the quick here, after the conviction, because Maxwell was convicted, what, a five of six counts of essentially assisting Jeffrey Epstein in his nefarious activities, one of the jurors gave an interview shortly thereafter. His name, he identified his first and middle name, uh, Scotty David. We don't know his last name. But he made some statements in his interview which have raised the eyebrows of the defense and caused an investigation to be started about possible juror misconduct regarding things not only that he should have disclosed, potentially during jury selection, but the manner in which he performed his duties as a juror once the jurors retreated to deliberate about the case, and it has raised some significant issues of fairness. Now, uh, so what time are well, we at here? jury misconduct. Yes. Isn't that really what it comes that, down to? That's, that's, what, that's what they're going to investigate to see if it rises to the level of jury misconduct. That's one. And two, whether or not that conduct is something that swayed the decision and led to guilty verdicts. And we come back from break. We're going to talk about what it was alleged that he should have disclosed, what it was alleged that he did in the jury room, and what effect that had leading to the five out of six guilty verdicts. Hence, those who win cases, the lawyers who win, cringe when the juries walk away and the defense or whoever lost is over there trying to talk to them. It's like, shut up, shut up, don't say anything, don't say anything. Not that there's anything wrong, but you never know when they say something and then it makes a, a, an easy appeal. We're going to talk about why this is an appealable offense, what happened. We'll be back. Radio Law Talk will continue in just a little bit right here. Stay right where you are. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. It has not been evaluated by the FDA. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him, like, a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. 
Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Are you struggling with a high cost of prescription medications? How would you like to save up to 90% on your medications and have them delivered for free? Now you can with one simple call. Yes, save up to 90% on many of your prescription medications by calling A-plus BBB accredited healthwarehouse.com based in Florence, Kentucky. No gimmicks, no coupons, no cards to use. And all prescriptions are FDA approved and safely sent to your home with free delivery. Here's one example of your savings. A 90-day prescription of generic Lipitor can cost $90 at your local pharmacy. Healthwarehouse.com offers the same medication for about 20 bucks. Find out how much you can save on your prescription medications and get free delivery with one free call right now. Call 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229. That's 800-734. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Are, Are you serious? This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. We're talking about Maxwell again, uh, the interesting things about uh, what this juror did after the case. Miss um, Maxwell was, was fined, uh, was found guilty on five counts of sex trafficking. And yet this individual, by the first and middle name only, Scotty David, goes out and says some interesting things. He goes out with interviews and says some interesting things. One interesting thing he said to me was that, quote, he knew she was a predator after making eye contact with her. It's like, you know what, guy, innocent until proven guilty, right? I mean, that's just bizarre that he says that. And then he goes out and he says the issue, the question is, he was supposed to fill out a questionnaire and supposed to tell the judge and or the other attorneys about his history um, if if he feels it may affect uh, him as a juror and or if the court feels that it, it may affect him as a juror. And by the way, not only has defense asked to investigate this, though I'm going to put a positive on the prosecutors. They said, we need to look into this also. Mm-hmm. And so good for prosecution for, as Todd Kunin has always said, as a former prosecutor, it's not about winning. It's about what's doing right. You know, if the person's truly guilty, then you prosecute them. If it's not, then who cares if you win or not, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, but he has had his own history with uh, child sex abuse. With, uh, and, and then he brought it up with other people in the juries in order to, to – in the jury box, I mean in the jury deliberation to help them understand, you know, how Maxwell's victims felt. In other words, almost or like they an could advocate. Or couldn't remember. That was right. the hardest part. I mean I just – I was so stunned by this. Um, and and I, I – in this particular case too, the juror questionnaire, this one was – I don't know. I don't understand it. But it was very detailed. It asked a question. Have you or a friend or a family member been a victim of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, or sexual assault? There were three ways to answer it. Yes, for yourself. Yes, as to a friend or family member. Or no. Now, we don't know how this guy answered because those questionnaires were anonymous, which to me is crazy. I mean, you should have some way to recognize which potential jurors 
did the questionnaire so you can ask the right questions of follow-up questions. Well, I, 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 I need to look at that again. I'm typically, the, the questionnaires that they have... Have the names of the have the you, Because a questionnaire is of no value if you don't know which potential juror it refers exactly. to. And so and some people have said, well, that's kind of a broad question because it's asking three different things, you, a family member, or somebody else. Well, the, the reason why they ask a question with three like that is because if, if let's say there's just one question on there says have you ever been the victim of a sexual assault and you say yes and before they get into it in a jury out where you talk about the circumstances everybody knows that you personally have been the victim of sexual assault if they ask a three-pronged question where it could be you a friend or a family member and you say yes now you're not saying I have been the victim so your anonymity as to that incident is protected they say, would you like to talk about it? Yes, everybody goes out. And then when it's more private, you can say it was me, it was my family member, it was um, somebody else. So that's a way of protecting their anonymity. But well, Plus what, you can be a victim of it but not have been the sexual assault victim. Like you could have a child that was a victim that, that and is, you're victimized as well. Right? That, that is true, but I think the questionnaire identifies that where it exactly. says you or a family member. And so as opposed to a direct victim versus uh, indirect if it was a family member that happened to. But the, the problem that I've got with what Mr. Uh, this juror did was he later said – first he said that he wasn't asked. And then he said, well, I kind of blew through the questionnaire. Right. And, and so it was clearly there. It was something he should have the, – the bottom line is this. It was there. It was something that he should have disclosed, putting aside whether or not he has committed misconduct. Let's just put that aside. Whether or not he has committed misconduct or if it was an honest mistake, let's put that aside and look at did his presence on the jury constitute a prejudicial uh, – create a prejudicial effect on whether or not uh, – on Maxwell. Did yes. she get a fair jury because he was on uh, the jury pool? And what he did in the deliberations as well, right? And, and I think based upon his statement that he was a prior victim and – what he says is when, when there were issues that came up in the jury box about witnesses who might have forgotten things, that's when he said, I have gone through this. And he educated the jurors as to why some people may forget or misremember things. Well, guess what? Now the jury is considering evidence that was not presented at trial. You are acting as an advocate in the jury room. And as an expert almost. Yes. Oh, ab yeah. Absolutely your presence in the jury in the jury room deliberating had a prejudicial effect on Maxwell and affected her ability to get a fair trial. Absolutely. Putting aside whether it was misconduct to blow through the questionnaire, th then you also have to recognize and analyze, was it misconduct for him to introduce things to the jury that was not evidence? It, yes. Yes, that was totally Yes, it was. And, and even if he blew through the questionnaire, the jury instructions say – Essentially, if it didn't come from a witness sitting in the chair or a marked exhibit, don't consider it. Right? Right. Or just not that. Don't come out as an <clears> – <throat> I'm not going to say an expert. Oh, he didn't say he was an expert. Well, let me tell you how it, how it happened with me. You know, That's basically what he said to the jurors. And by the way, there are some reports out there that are saying that some of these jurors did have doubts did. about the test people testifying that whether or not that, that was true. Their memories. They, they memories. actually questioned they the doubts. memories. Yeah. Now, now, here's, here's – oh. Well, I was just going to say that's the hard part was that those reports are coming from the same guy, Scotty David, where he's taking credit for swaying the jury. They couldn't figure it exactly. out. They couldn't figure it out because they were caught up 
on on whether or not on, on people that couldn't remember things and essentially holding himself out as I saved the day and got the conviction because I told them what it was like. It's yeah, like, very, very, very odd. This guy to me has got to be off a little bit because I don't understand it. But when the when the prosecutions actually requested an inquiry, which this is important, um, then the defense says, "Hey." Don't need an inquiry because what has gone on is ir-controvert or incontroversial grounds for a new trial. Right, it's right? automatic. So it's automatic is what they're saying, but it's not. The actual standard requires substantial evidence of juror misconduct. So they do have to do an inquiry, even though it's so clear in in my yes. feeling and your feelings here, they're going to have to go through an inquiry, and I. Just, I think we're all on the same page. We believe she's going to get. If this is appealed, she is going to get a new trial. Yeah, that, that's so obvious. What if what? Because what he said, if that's what he said to all these reporters, and the fact that he goes out after this trial and goes out and wants to, you know, I, I know some jurors do that. They want to go on TV. They want to. They want to get their name out there. You know what? I don't know. Maybe as a juror, I'm just like, you know, I don't want to talk about it, right? Especially a case like this. Yes. Right. And one of the things he said that just really bothered me was he said, this guilty verdict is a verdict for all victims. Not the people in the case, but all victims. And he's a victim. He wanted to make it about himself. It, yeah. It is about himself. Yeah. And, and and totally wrong. I don't know. I just this. I, I'm so surprised this happened. I, After all the trial and all the trauma. Yeah, well, one of the things that one of the things that I wanted to say here is, I hope they do an inquiry, not only twofold inquiry. Did it did it adversely affect the jury? And I think that they did. I think even the prosecution, the defense, would agree on that. Um, but does this rise to the level of perjury on his part for not disclosing this stuff, misconduct for which he can be held liable? He's now retained an attorney since he made these uh, statements uh, in the press, right. and. and I think that if they do find and determine through the inquiry that there was juror misconduct that is actionable against the juror, I hope they take some action because what we – my fear is that what we are seeing as things go forward because you had a lot of people in the Elizabeth Holmes trial that gave their names and talked to the press right after. You've got the Maxwell trial where they gave their names and talked right after, the jurors did, which is so different than other trials where jurors said, well, I'll talk to the press, but I want to remain anonymous. I just want to move on with my life. I want this to be done with. My fear is that in high-profile cases, if they don't come down on this guy, you're going to have jurors that look to monetize their jury service, and that is going to throw the biggest wrench into the entire process where you have jurors wanting to sit as a juror on a case so that they can get some sort of financial gain as a result of that. And right. the way to nip it in the bud is to investigate this and make yeah, sure it they, doesn't happen. I totally agree with you. Oh, my gosh. I must be losing my mind, but Cal, I agree. Well, what are the legal implications for this guy? Can he face criminal charges, civil yes. only? How, how does that work? Technically, yes. I don't think they're going to do anything about it. That's just me. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Nirvana lawsuit. That's an interesting one we're going to discuss. And we might touch a little bit more on this uh, about uh, Prince Andrew issues. We'll be back. You are listening to Radio Law Talk with Fred Penny, Todd Kuhnert, and Denise Dirks. And the program will continue in just a little bit right here. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk. 
after we take this break. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, Again, that's 800-238-9182. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy, some uncle I never knew, called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him, like, a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. First, they said cigarettes were safe. We know how that turned out. 
Now, they say they didn't market e-cigarettes to teens? Fact. More than one in four high school students are vaping, and 80% say their first e-cigarette was flavored. Vaping is harmful to developing brains. The reason we think vaping is safe? Marketing. Same lies, different day. Tell Big Vape to quit lying. This is the best show ever. I mean at this time. This is Radio Law Talk. I love our kitty bumps, and you can hear Cal laughing in the background. Play that one again. Those are the best ones. That, that is the one where the kids go, this is the best show. This is and then, the best show ever. <laughs> I love it. I mean it this time. I mean it this time. This is the That's best show true. ever. Who told you that? Do the, I, this is the best show ever again. This is the best show ever. Okay, let's keep that one. Keep that one and play that every week. At the, I think we, we make that kitty bump at the very beginning of the show, hour one, Cal. Let's just remember that. So we'll play the open, and then we'll play This is the Best Show yes, Ever. Yes, and, and, the, then, and you then you can, go to me. Okay, okay, I like it. Let's do I'm that. Sure, I, that is, this is the best show ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. Okay, so we wanted to, you know, during the break, I say we're going to go on and then talk about the Nirvana case. But we have a few more things we want to discuss on the Maxwell case. Uh, first of all, you know, what's going to happen? First of all, we think that there's going to get a new trial, right? Yes. We all I, agree that. Don't I you bl- agree, I, Denise? I think that's going to be yes. the case, yeah. New trial. Um, uh, even with the prosecution usually going, mm, there's, we better look into this. Um, um, what's gonna, what do you think is going to happen to Maxwell uh, about – Quote, ratting on other people. Um, what do you think of that, about that, Todd? Okay, so, so her brother, I think it was, came out and said now that she is convicted, she, she's not going to start she, – she's not going to divulge the contents of the black book. She's not going to rat out other people. She's not going to start naming names. I view that as a self-preservation mechanism that he was directed, and I bet you Maxwell probably told him to do that. Here's why. What's the speculation as it relates to Jeffrey Epstein? You even said it when you were introducing this case, Fred. You said he allegedly committed suicide, and a lot of people think that he was – it wasn't suicide. It was something else to keep him quiet. So I could see Maxwell sitting there maybe thinking that and thinking, if that happened to Mr. Epstein – I want to get out. The, t- I want it to get out there to anybody that might feel intimidated or threatened by this conviction that I have. That I am not naming names because I don't want to have the guards playing video games and falling asleep or doing whatever in my cell where I'm being held, and have somebody come here. So I view that as a uh, self-preservation mechanism, a, a, an alert out there to anybody. Don't come after me. I'm keeping my mouth shut. I don't want to die. I don't like prison. I don't want to be in prison. I'm going to appeal, but I don't want to die in here. And see, that's so funny because I, I, I didn't even think of it like that. I was thinking of it more like, why would she turn over, you know, turn state's evidence or whatever and turn over against other people? That just ensures she's guilty. Well, you know what? There, yeah. She won't have any grounds for appeal. She, I mean, right? It if it makes was, sense to me. If it was, and again, and we talked about this with Elizabeth Holmes last time. The prosecution, once they get the conviction, comes back and says, well, here's a way that you could maybe get a recommendation from us to the judge for a lighter sentence. How willing are you to cooperate with us 
in tracking down other people that might have been engaged in the same activity. And so that, that's the carrot for folks that have been convicted and to, to get a reduced sentence for cooperating. And, and she's letting it be known, hey, everybody, don't worry. I ain't saying a thing. I'm not saying a thing. But that, that is the reason why they would be using that. Well, incidentally, right after the feds dropped the charges against the guards, yes. they closed their case. And those guards, yes. you know, that were supposedly, in air quotes, on duty when Epstein was killed. Nothing now. Right. That's right. The, the cases against the guards have been dropped. That's exactly true. Yeah. What's in, a couple other interesting things are, first of all, I was thinking about this. Um, it sounds like we're in a third world country, guys. I mean, I'm sounding like I'm in some place where the cartel's running. You know, it just, just, just the fact that we have to bring this up as a possibility really makes me cringe. You know, United States, I'm just a, you know, I'm a flag bearer. You know, this is about freedom and, and innocent until proven guilty. And, you know, and, and we, we have a higher standard than the rest of the world. It sounds like we're in a third world country again, guys. It really does. Well, we're in a time where we have alternate facts. You know, yeah. we're in a time when then people's realities and perceptions and point of views and, and opinions are all so different right. that I, it's hard. It's hard for Americans right now to have unification. True. It's just hard. You know what's interesting, too? Let's talk about the Prince Andrew. The lawsuit in August is civil case went against Prince mm-hmm. Andrew. Prince Andrew. But I didn't, you know, don't forget there's an issue of uh, does he have some sort of government? Um, uh, yes, yeah. I, I thought the same thing. The fact doesn't he have um, diplomatic immunity? Yes, there's a thing I think called what do they say? As a senior member of British royal family, there's a um, a category called um, like royalty. You're, re- you're released from liability or something because you're. You're uh, a member of a government that you can't be sued civilly for something you do. I, I don't know that law, but we're going to have to look into that because that seems interesting to me. So I know I know the lawyers for Prince Andrew are saying that they're going to they didn't I don't, they didn't bring out the details. They're going to try to get it dismissed because of that. Well, that's probably one thing they're going to try to do. And then the argument against that is that no, he's been taken stripped of all the royal duties. It's true, but it happened at the time period when he was um, a member of the government. All, all, all I'm saying is the fact that he's facing liability is, is because his questions of diplomatic immunity and others is causing me to entirely reevaluate the plot of Lethal Weapon 2, where the South African government and ambassadors were all running amok in Los Angeles but had diplomatic immunity, so you know they couldn't do a dang thing against them. And if Epstein or if... Uh, who is Prince Andrew can't take advantage of that, then I'm just going to stop watching that movie. Well, I guess what the question is, that what the yeah, main thing... So, well, let's, well let's, let's mention what's going on. So there is um, an alleged victim um, of Epstein who had a previous civil case against Epstein and settled with Epstein. And now she has sued um, Prince um, Andrew for allegedly having forced her into sexual relations while she was 17. And this is going to be one to watch because she has not lived in the United States for many years. She's currently residing in Australia and has for many, many, many years. And the venue that she chose to sue Prince Andrew is New York because New York had opened the door, if you will, to um, children that are underaged people that were sexually abused. And they had a year they could bring 
all these different lawsuits, no matter how long ago it was that the acts actually occurred or the allegations actually occurred. And um, so we got so many things to bite on this. There's just yeah. pieces of it all over the place. She was paid how much? She was paid only $500,000, but that was way back in the day. And in the agreement, it was a confidential agreement, so there was a non-disclosure provision in that agreement that um, said that this is going to run to all your successors, it's going to run to all these other people that could be alleged to have done this act, and apparently there's some mention of royalty, and there's also some mention of um, professors. Government, yeah. yeah, or professors, because it's what they're arguing is it's not only going to protect Prince Andrew, but that one provision that Epstein settled with her on also protects um, Dershowitz. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Because the same person um, has made allegations as against Dershowitz. But yeah. but if Dershowitz and Andrew, Prince Andrew, did not pony up any cash as part of that agreement, I guess the question would be: Do they have standing to even invoke that agreement? They do. Why is that? Because it's called third-party beneficiary. So they're a beneficiary of that provision of the agreement. And and that is a, a common, actually, cause of action. But if she violates it, what's the penalty? For it? I mean, do they get a court order, an injunction to preclude her from testifying and suing, and it makes it go away? Or does this constitute a breach for which she has to give the money back? That well, she got well, and to whom to, it would go to. Yeah, they're we, trying to dismiss. We it. actually don't know because I don't think we've been able to. That part of the agreement hasn't been made public to really see what if there are some kind of consequential or liquid damages provision in that contract. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to to see how this plays out because there are a lot of defenses, there are a lot of different reasons why she should not prevail, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I think. Prince Andrew's going to get out of this. I just have this really deep feeling that he will probably get out of this, and I don't know why. That's interesting. We're going to come back and talk about Nirvana, but don't forget one thing also about the Prince Andrew thing. Uh, I wonder if, as plaintiffs, we they could argue, as lawyers, the person who holds that right died and doesn't have that right anymore, um, even though it's a third party. We'll talk more about Nirvana. Stay tuned. Hour number three of Radio Law Talk comes up at six minutes after. If your local station turns off the show, you can always pick it up by going over to radiolawtalk.com and listen live. You have been listening to radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductibles you prefer 
refer the doctors you want to see and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-808-8323. 800-808-8323. That's 800-808-8323. And let Best Med Care do the work for you. 